Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Rapping with Rabbi Rachel. Rabbi Rachel Short coming to you here from the big island of Hawaii. Stoked, stoked, stoked to be here for episode four with you all. Wow. The power of four. I could go on and on forever, but it's a really exciting episode today because I get to have my first guest. And it's not just any guest. It is 97-year-old Holocaust survivor Goldie Lefkowitz. But before I get to that, because she's amazing and she's worth every moment of your time, let's go ahead and just pause wherever you are, no matter what you're doing. And let's just all come together in the present moment. Feel the breath. Just simply bring awareness. Don't judge. And come together. In spirit. In the guidance and the wisdom of whatever it is that's going to be received. Because it's perfect. It's as it's meant to be. I'm going to bring us in with a prayer. As always, the prayer is in Hebrew because I choose to pray in Hebrew sometimes. But no matter who you are, what you listen to, whether or not you understand it, the great thing about Hebrew is it is a vibrational language. So as always, whether or not you understand it, You can close your eyes and still allow it to affect your being. You can still allow it to radiate through you and know that that energy is being absorbed because that's what it is. Because today is a joyous occasion, a new celebration, a new beginning. Our first guest, ugh, it's so exciting. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shehechianu, Vikiamanu, Vihigianu, Lazman Haze. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, the Eternal One, the Divine Spirit, Creator of the Universe, who blesses us and gifts us with this special moment, this joyous occasion. Amen and Awomen. Wow. So exciting. Yeah. So here we are at episode four, the four corners, the four directions, the four agreements. This is a powerful, powerful time and a powerful episode, I feel like. Goldie Lefkowitz is joining me today. And Goldie is a dear, dear friend of mine. She is 97 years old. Yes, you heard that correctly. I just attended her 97th birthday a few weeks ago. And Goldie is a living legend. Goldie survived one of the most atrocious things to ever happen to humanity. Not that there aren't disgustingly atrocious things still happening today, but Goldie survived the Holocaust. And she is a living legend. She is part of a generation that is sadly dying. And I feel as though it's very important for Goldie to share her story because we all need to be aware of where we came from. We all need to know where it is we've been so that we can know where we're going. So with that said, I want to share that my intention for this episode and the episodes with Goldie are the idea that we must never forget. We must never forget. And I know that might seem somewhat counterintuitive because how can you come to the present moment if you never forget? But this idea of never forgetting means that we have an understanding of where we've been so that history never repeats itself. 
so that we can do things better for our future. We honor those who come before and those who are coming after. There's a saying in Judaism, a concept, Lador Vador, from one generation to the next. And stories like Goldie's, stories like by Holocaust survivors, have impacted me personally very greatly. It's one of the reasons I actually decided to become a rabbi. Because when you think about what humanity is capable of, when we are disconnected from spirit, when we don't understand where it is we've been, look at what can happen. Look at what's still happening. To me, Judaism is this ancestral wisdom, this guidance that's gotten us through 5,779 years that's trying to come through again to understand that where we've been can help us with where we're going. The idea that our biography makes up our biology, that we come into this planet, into this realm, into whatever it is where you are now onto this earth with things from our ancestors, with their stories, with their DNA, with their genes, with their biology that tell our stories. So by knowing where we've been, we get to be here now. We get to know where we're going. And the great thing about me and I think a lot of Jews is that we can laugh at this and we can look at the reality of it. Now, there's a time for laughter and there's a time not. This to me is not a time for laughter. Sure, there's parts of this that are funny. Goldie's hysterical and she's awesome to listen to. But this is something so much bigger than you or I at the moment. We come in with knowledge and wisdom and with the generations that are carried within us. And we have to stop and understand who we are. And by never forgetting, it actually enables us and empowers us to choose the present moment. It's the irony of the fact that by bringing awareness to death, we choose life. It's kind of the same idea. By bringing awareness to where we've been, we can choose the present moment. And Goldie is an amazing individual. She is a living legend, part of a generation that sadly is dying. And their stories have impacted me so greatly. I remember as a child listening to Holocaust survivors speak, my own family members and uh, grandparents and aunts and uncles of my friends. And it really, really impacted me. It touched my heart, my empathy, my compassion, this place inside of a child and inside of all of us that never really goes away, the love that's there. Because when you bring awareness to what humanity is capable of, what people can do to other people when they're so disconnected from source, especially in today's world, today's climate, it's more important than ever, ever, I believe, to listen and honor and cherish people like Goldie and her stories. So with that being said, I am so humbled and honored and grateful to be able to introduce Goldie Lefkowitz. Goldie is a 97-year-old Holocaust survivor who lives here on the big island of Hawaii. She gives talks all throughout to school. She did a speech with us at Mitch Roth's office. She's an unbelievable person, and I'm so grateful to have her here with you today. She is a living legend. Goldie, please say shaloha. Hello. Introduce yourself. Yes, I'm here. Aloha. Shalom. Would you like to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes. I was um, born in 1922. That was pre-Hitler time. And uh, my parents were observant Jews. 
And both my parents came from Poland. They were born in Poland. My father was uh, two years old when his family moved to Germany. And my mother came from a family of 10 children, and she was the second oldest. And when she was 18 years old, she said she couldn't take it anymore. And she left Poland and went to Germany also to uh, some uh, family, uh, not direct family, but indirect families. And and they met each other when they got married and so, so I was saying that uh, when Hitler came to power, things have changed for us Jews. We weren't permitted to go to the beach or to parks or to movies or to some restaurants or to re opera. We were pretty much isolated and uh, and I don't know how I'm going to put it, but uh, I went to a Jewish public school and that was my good fortune because everybody was Jewish. All the students were Jewish, the teachers, even the principal was Jewish. And those were my friends. I had some non-Jewish friends, but they were not permitted to speak to me any longer because I was Jewish. We had a... uh, I belonged to a Zionist movement, and we had a a house that we called our own and that different organizations had different uh, rooms in that house. And they locked that up, they put a padlock on there. We couldn't meet more than three people. So, but we did meet. We, uh, by word of mouth, we we met in, in the woods outside the city uh, in somebody's house, we always got together. Um, and But it wasn't the same. It's We were always, oh yes, I wanted to tell, uh, tell this fact that when I left in the morning to go to school, there were always some Hitler youth outside bothering me. So my father hired a, a private security man. He looked just like a, an SA. He came in with uh, completely in black with the boots and the whole thing, and he walked me to school, and none of the Hitler youth bothered me. Goldie, what's an SA for those of our listeners that don't know? What do you mean? You said he looked like an SA. What does that stand for? Oh, it's a a, a Nazi. <laughs> a Nazi. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't actually a Nazi. He was very nice. But he 
he had the uniform of a security man. So, mm. so and he How looked like... How old were you at the time, Goldie? I was nine. Nine. Yes. And so he walked you to school every day. He, he walked me to school and he wait, He came back after school was out to, to meet me and uh, walked me home. I was only three blocks from the school. And, and, and things like that. Uh, sometimes I was afraid to leave the house because there were always some Hitler youth waiting for me outside. But I was fortunate in a way because my parents were Polish citizens. So at that time, I don't know if it's still now, uh, we children, I had two brothers, and we all had Polish passports. We were not considered Germans. We were considered guests in Germany. So they had to think twice before they did me any harm. And I was really feisty when they accosted me. I would take my my bike. Each bike had a air pump, and I raised my hands. I was going to hit them, but my better judgment said, "Don't do it." And um, and things like that. We we really were not free anymore. And going to. The, the supermarket, well, it wasn't a supermarket, it was a grocery called at that time. We were allowed one egg per person per week. Because you were Jews, Goldie? Is that right? No, no, that was the rule. No, not Jewish. And, but the grocery store was owned by Jews, and they had on the uh, big window outside... In red paint, they had a swastika, and then they had a Jewish star, a star of David. So everybody should know this is a Jewish establishment. And across the street, on top of the roof, there were Nazis taking pictures who was going into the store. And some people were harassed. And many, many times I waited in line for two hours or so in a bitter cold. And by the time it was my turn to collect my five eggs, and they said they were out of it. So things like that, it's, uh, everybody was afraid. There was, we were afraid to do certain things. Uh, I always thought I could get away with it because I was a Polish citizen, even though I was never in Poland. And uh, and I thought, I'm a kid. Who's going to bother a kid? But they did bother kids. They told my next-door neighbor, who was not Jewish, we used her name was Maria, and we used to um, go to school together like two blocks, and then I went to the right, and she went to the left. She went to the Catholic school, and I went to the Jewish school. But one morning she wasn't there, and so I rang the doorbell. 
and I was told that she can't talk to me anymore. Oh. And how uh, old were you, Goldie? I was uh, ten, nine, ten. Hmm. Yes. It's hmm. horrible. Yeah. So um, things like that. How old were you when this all started? When Hitler came to power? I was nine. Yeah. You were nine. And what was that like, being a nine-year-old girl and having your friends cast you out and being harassed by adults? Oh, it was terrible. Imagine. It was terrible. And for a long time, I didn't know why. I thought that maybe I had bad breath or, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm. Uh, they called you dirty Jew, maybe. I... But my family were one of the few people uh, living in an apartment we had... <clears throat> We had a bathroom with showers. And in the, uh, in our school, in our Jewish public school, uh, in the basement, we had 28 cubicles with showers. So we were forced to take a shower every day, and I refused. I said, I have a shower home, but... The <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but I had to take a shower and... Uh, and they enforced it. But the strange thing the, uh, was all the Christian schools didn't have this uh, facility in the basement. Mm. And there were constantly entire classes coming to our school to take showers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So and, what were, one of the but, things uh, you said that kind of stuck with me is the grocery store you went to. Where they yes. would tell that was owned by Jews, but they would tell you sometimes that things were out, even though they had them clearly. Well, I had no way of knowing if they were lying or not. So, okay. But I came home and my mother said, "Well, where are the eggs?" I said, "Well, they were gone." Mm. So, you said they uh, had a swastika and a star of David outside. Yeah, some why, of the, why some of that? them had because uh, some Jewish guys they <laughs> did put the swastika on and. and and then they put the Jewish star over it. Um, and not, not, not all the windows. Hmm. Assimilation, is that what you think? Yes. Was there a lot of that at the time? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I'll tell you just one instance that we had next-door neighbors, and um, they were Catholics. And they had two teenagers, and they were in uniform. And the father thought he could uh, voice his opinion. He hated Hitler. But what he didn't know was his children were told, whatever goes on in, inside the house, they, should they had to tell their, their leader. So one day they... The, his own son told his leader what his father said. And they came and got him, and we never saw him again. And uh, three days later, uh, we weren't friendly with his family. I mean, we were just cordial. You know, we said, hello, good morning. And uh, and three days later, the SS, those are the, the brown shirts, came with a box and they said, this is your husband's ashes. So that was early, 
early on, and we were made aware of all this. But it didn't sink in. I was just a kid, you know, so... Uh, but I couldn't avoid it. Because, like I said before, wherever we went, public places, they said, Jews and dogs not permitted. So they put us in a category with the dogs. So that's one of the things. Also, my father had a very good friend. He was a jeweler, and he had a jewelry store in downtown Köln. And uh, he was he was an observant Jew. So on Friday nights, he closed the store early so he could go to the synagogue. And he didn't come home. And um, his wife came to our house. No, I think she called, yeah. There weren't too many telephones, only people with businesses. My father had a business and he had a business. I think, yeah, he called. She called and she said uh, her husband hasn't come home. So he went over to the store and the store was padlocked. And he was gone. And we never saw him again. Wow. I uh, wish I had words to follow that, but... I don't. That seems to me like a good place to pause. Uh, This will be a multiple part series, a multiple part podcast of Goldie. So this is where we'll go ahead and and allow you to stop and reflect on what you've heard. And I'll look forward to being with you next week as we finish up our conversation with Goldie and get more into the story of her, her survival, her perseverance, and... May we never forget. May we never forget so that we can be here now. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you are finding joy. And I look forward to seeing you, being with you next time as we hear more from Goldie and her amazing adventure. Shaloha. <laughs>